It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With Terry McLaurin's deal finalized, does Washington have any of the league's top young talent? One site doesn't seem to think that they do. Then Dan Snyder isn't talking to Congress, but he is talking at some other people. And we look at where NFL experts rank the commander's front seven, all on this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Commanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Locked On Commanders is free and available on all platforms, including now on YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app. WSA 9, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C., has a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. So download WUSA 9 Plus app now for your Roku or Amazon Fire TV sticks. I am David Harrison, writer covering the Washington Commanders Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My partner is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher Show, which can be found on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or anytime on the Odyssey app. We both thank you for making the Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view every single day. When we're not here, you can find us on Twitter at dharrison82, at russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Yep. Once again, hope everybody had a good weekend. Thank you for making Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. And David, uh, we have a lot to uh, catch up on, some polls, some rankings, some Dan Snyder stuff. So let's hit it uh, out of the shoot here. Um, the 33rd team, which is run by Mike Tannenbaum uh, and a bunch of coaches and ex-executives and all that type, uh, it's a think tank, basically a football engine think tank, put together a top 25 under the age of 25 list. And that part of it is also important, under 25, so 24 or under. Uh, and basically what they did was they took a pool of 75 players and 11 of the analysts that contribute to the 33rd team uh, under Mike Tannenbaum uh, basically generated their list to uh, the top 25 best players uh, and considering positional value, so on and so forth. And you might be asking, well, okay, somebody's got to be from the burgundy and gold, right? Did any commanders make it? the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, to be simple, uh, Terry McLaurin is 26 years old, which mm-hmm. many don't realize that he's that old, but he is 26. Montez Sweat is 25, so he doesn't qualify for under 25. But David, right. that means no Antonio Gibson, and that means no Chase Young. And does that mean that's a problem in your eyes? Uh, I mean, no, just there's a lot of young talent in the NFL right now, you know, and and for Antonio Gibson alone, it's just it's going to be hard for for a running back just in general. But especially when you're running back, that kind of splits duties. Uh, It isn't necessarily considered the best receiving back on your own team. And again, and, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but one of the league leaders and fumbles, you know, from the running back position Mm -hmm. Uh, last season that's that's obviously a problem so that's all those things are going to work against them and then for chase young i mean the the issues have been 
uh, they've been kind of cataloged. You know, even during the stretch in his rookie season, that kind of led to him winning the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. A lot of people kind of question if that wasn't kind of fool's gold, some good production against some substandard pass blockers and pass defense, you know, or uh, pass blocking. So just, you know, there's just a lot of questions about these guys. I mean, there's some other guys that, you know, Washington fans, you know, probably love and would go to bat for. Uh, you know, John Bates's name is obviously catching on a little bit more, I think, this offseason, and he was obviously one of the better rookies last year. But I don't think anybody would try to make the case that John Bates is, is necessarily a top 25 player in the National Football League under the age 25. And then Cam Curl. You know, I know a lot of Commanders fans love Cam Curl, and and that's great. And, and hopefully he takes yet another step this season uh, in his role on the defense. But to, to say that Cam Curl should replace any of these teams or any of these players that do appear on the list is, is hard when you consider the last player that, that is on the list. You know, I don't know if this is the order they made the list in, but the very last player on the list is Jalen Waddle. And I mean, Jalen Waddle, you know, has, has a long way to go to becoming, you know, one of the best quote unquote wide receivers in the game just alone. But the impact that he made, you know, on the Miami dolphins early on in his career uh, is very, uh, very obvious. And then Devin white is the second to last name on the list. And you make the argument that without Devin white, the Buccaneers don't win a super right. bowl. Uh, and be the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's it's it's pretty, you know, it's it's more a testament, I think, to the the talent under the age of 25 in the NFL right now than than it is an indictment on guys like Chase Young and Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you mentioned it about the fumbles. Obviously, six uh, total fumbles for loss that led the NFL uh, last year. That hurt him. Some injuries have hurt him. The lack of an explosive offense have hurt Antonio Gibson and only one running back on the list as a whole, and that's Jonathan Taylor. And clearly, Jonathan Taylor is better. Uh, as far as Chase Young goes, I got to be honest with you, David, that you know, Chase has been on a bunch of these polls and lists and rankings. You know, he was on like top 100 lists. I think he's got a long way to go. I yep. think, yes, of course, he had an impressive second half of his rookie season. Um, but he didn't do it against top-notch competition. We've talked about this. Outside of going against Trent Williams in one game, he didn't do it against top-notch competition. And when he did the playoff game against Tampa, he was shut down by somebody who's not even regarded as an elite left tackle, completely shut down. And then it was more of the same in the first half last year. And then, of course, the injury and some of the lack of uh, structure and some of the lack of, you know, the things that Ron Rivera was kind of open about, quite honestly, before Chase's injury. So again, I don't think fans should should be insulted um, that Chase Young and or Antonio Gibson weren't on this list. I don't think you can go there with Bates and Curl, to your point. I don't think right. they're household enough names. Maybe they were on that list of 75. I don't know, and whittled down doesn't matter. The bottom line is, is it is a problem, though, if you have nobody under the age of 25. Again, Montez Sweat and Terry McLaurin maybe would have qualified for this. I think Terry would have made it, but he's 26. Mm -hmm. It is a problem that they don't have that premium young age and contractual talent on this football team. Yeah, you want to try to see some of these guys take the next step. You know, obviously, you know, Antonio Gibson's going to get some help. Uh, this season running back, you know, I mean, you can, you can win running back by committee if you need to. I right. mean, the Kansas city chiefs won a super bowl and, and their starting running back, uh, was a guy that nobody really, you know, uh, touts kind of, you know, all that highly, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it with Leonard Fournette, who just four or five months prior to that was considered a castaway, uh, right. stuff like that. So, I mean, you can, you can win, uh, without that chase Young is obviously the guy that you want to see hit the most, but you have other guys, you know, Deami Brown is still, you know, an under 25 enough that if he has, kind of a, a breakout sophomore season he can maybe be 
on this list. We talked about John Bates. I mean, who knows? You know, Logan Thomas obviously eyeing as early a return as possible, but if he doesn't come back and John Bates kind of gets rolling early, maybe there's enough flash there that even when Logan returns, they run a lot of 12 personnel and John gets some good burn there. So, I mean, you have talent in the making, right? But then you're also taking all the rookies off the list. So Jahan Dotson, you know, Percy yeah. Butler, Brian Robinson Jr., Fedarian Mathis, like they're all under 25, but you're taking them off the list. Uh, I was a little surprised actually researching this. Fedarian Mathis is 24 years old, so uh, he's probably never going to be on the list just because he's really not going to have the opportunity uh, to make that list. But, you know, there's there's some good young talent there, so you want, obviously, that younger pool to kind of elevate uh, a little bit. But I, I don't think it necessarily is, is a catastrophic, you know, flaw uh, there's there's plenty of other NFL teams that didn't have a player on that list. Absolutely. All right. I don't think we should uh, scream or cry over this. Just something to kind of keep in mind as we enter uh, training camp. All right. One thing that we should be happy about. We told you this last week. We had our reaction. Terry McLaurin's contract extension was officially announced by the commanders and signed on Tuesday. He'll meet with the media on Wednesday morning. Um, again, this is not breaking news. This is not new news. We knew about this. But finally, pen to paper, time to get it done. Terry will be in the camp. Terry signed, sealed, delivered. Um, I, get, I guess the biggest thing, before we get a chance to hear from him, David, and we'll have reaction on the next episode, the, the biggest thing for me is that Terry, again, um, th- that there won't be any problems here uh, in terms of getting this done, in terms of procedure, in terms of, oh, when's he going to sign it? When are they going to announce it? Like there's no headaches anymore. They know what it's going to cost them. He knows what he's getting paid. He knows he's getting a bag of cash in year one and away we go. And it can just for once be about football. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of good football too. I mean, Terry is hauled in. Uh, you know, 62%, more than 62% of his targets in his career, over 3,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. I mean, he's right. averaging 67.2 yards per game with, uh, let's just be honest, subpar quarterback play. Mm-hmm. So if Carson Wentz can give him average to above average uh, quarterback play, then then this young man who's a team captain early in his career, despite the fact that he's only supposed to be a special teams contributor, all these things, he's got some records well on the way, uh, putting his name, you know, putting his, his name in his thumbprint uh, here on the Washington Commanders franchise. So good to see them getting the deal done. I know Terry was happy. He shot a little video message with the team uh, media there that went out, you know, thanking all the fans for their support and all that stuff. And yeah, looking forward to hearing from Terry. And, you know, he'll get asked about the trade rumors and he'll probably get asked about the ownership issues. And he may, honestly, Chris, get asked about the Jack Del Rio stuff. I don't know. It won't come from me, but somebody may very well ask him about it as well. Either way, we'll be there on hand tomorrow morning to or Wednesday morning to hear from from Terry. Well, you'll be there. I'll be. I'll on be the radio. there. Locked on Commanders will be there. there. Half there of us go. will be on the radio live, and half exactly. of us will be at the uh, organization. So, I mean, look, we got it all. We got it all covered, right? Um, maybe we'll have to pop. Maybe we'll have to pop you on live uh, after things <laughs> settle down and after you get your uh, SI work and, and and stuff done. But either way, that'll yeah. be that'll be interesting and good for Terry, and obviously good for the organization. You know what isn't good, David, for the organization or in general. <laughs> More the Washington Post. Dan, more stuff on Dan Snyder, especially when it comes on a Saturday, a Fourth of July weekend. Even though it's not really new, it's always something. So we're going to tackle that next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Yeah, we'll do so. Thanks to our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season, which is ongoing as we speak. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. 
And BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all your podcasts and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way of checking on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. From the people who invented healthy and tasty combined into one comes the latest gift to your taste buds, and that is the Coconut Brownie Chunk Belt Bar. And guess what? Your friends have given Coconut Brownie Chunk at Built the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor that you love in a delicious, e chewy marshmallow covered in 100% soft and easy, real chocolate, like a fluffy good cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Oh, it's so good. I can't even say it right. And I can't even read it right. Uh, but trust me, it's good. I have usually one of these uh, on the way in to Washington, D.C. now every morning because I'm a big time commuter now. Uh, and you can start drooling or stop drooling and just listen. They're good for you. They're low in calories, low in sugar, high protein. They're all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. Trust me, they are awesome. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which helps your body absorb uh, more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. You know the deal with Built Bar. They've been partners with Locked On forever. They are the best. They are a great way to get your day started or a great way to end your day instead of that sugary, disgusting bowl of chocolate ice cream Grab yourself a, a Built Bar or a Built Bar Puffs, especially the Coconut Brownie Chunk. Yes, they are available for you right now at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On po- uh, Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view if you're watching along on YouTube. Each and every day, either way, we appreciate you. So, David, the Washington Post did a congressional deposition recap on Saturday morning and got blitzed by Dan's corporate spokespeople, um, Dan Snyder's corporate spokesperson. Basically, what they said was Dan claims that he's a hands-off owner, has claimed that, and instead, actually, he was hands-on. Now, to spare you some of the details, you know, they cite a couple of the deposition, uh, um, uh, you know, quotes and 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 discoveries that they had with Brian LaFamina and other people that testified under oath. And they said, basically, no, 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 Dan is hands on. He was much more involved than people realize. I can tell you this. When I worked inside the building for five years, Dan never walked inside the building. Only once did I ever see him inside the building. And trust me, I was watching. And he came into the lobby of, of then uh, the old team name Park um, and, and, and basically came to my studio and wanted to know what I thought of something. I think it was after the draft and on a Saturday night. It was the only time I saw him in the main part of the building. So I think when Dan was saying that he was hands off, I think what he meant was I didn't go to people's offices and threaten and intimidate them and harass them, uh, me personally. But what he did was he fostered a culture that that was allowed. And that was basically 
what people did and what the environment was. And I lived that for five years and I know people lived it for more and shorter and in different ways. And I'm a dude, right? I'm not a woman who, you know, is being ogled and looked at in a certain way because of how I'm dressed or because of what I might be able to add to a client's portfolio or whatever. It was a mess. And if Dan is going to say I'm hands off, others are going to say, no, 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 wait a second. You were hands on because you did this, this, and that. But then the key thing was that I took, and and this was just me, and I don't know how you feel. Dan Snyder's spokesperson issued a statement, and this was more damning, David, than anything else that was reported in the Post that day, or even recently, quite honestly. He said, or she said, despite Mr. Snyder's continued apologies and regrets for the historical problems that arose at the team, the Washington Post goes out of its way to assail his character and ignore the successful efforts by both Dan and Tanya Snyder, together with Jason Wright and Coach Ron Rivera, for over the past two years to bring about a remarkable transformation to the organization. The Snyders will continue to focus on their league-leading fight to bring greater respect and much-needed diversity and equality to the workplace in the face of constant and baseless attacks from the media and elsewhere. So I I had two problems with this, um, and I'm going to let you go here. Um, I I think by grouping the Washington Post in together is kind of a slap in the face, honestly, to the reporters who have done yeoman's work on this, Will Hobson, Liz Clark, Nikki Jabala, uh, Sam Fortier to some degree. They're just doing honest-to-God reporting. And, David, I don't think they should have been lumped in with, you know, Sally Jenkins or maybe some editorials that have run in the Washington Post, which is a very influential newspaper. They all represent the Washington Post, so I, I'm not, you know, organizational reputations follow the individual who belong to the organization. That's that's pretty normal. I don't, uh, you know, I, well, it's probably not fair, like you said, but I don't necessarily worry about that. I just, to me, it's just laughable, um, you know, that through a spokesperson or not a spokesperson that Dan Snyder would try to play himself off to be uh, a victim in, in this whole thing. Like he's just some innocent person being bullied by uh, the big bad media. Look, the, the bottom line is, that this is a story because things are coming out and things are being said and things are being accused uh, or, or the Snyder's or Dan specifically is being accused of things. Now there's, there's one of two ways this is going to go away. And I actually wrote about this for SI.com. You either prove that the accusations are false, which uh, my level of common sense says that if he could prove that they were false, he would have proven that they were false or you own up to it as much as you can. You take your medicine and you move on from it. Now, what, everything that's being accused, I think the take your medicine part of that quote unquote involves probably losing ownership of your team, which is why I think Dan Snyder is holding on with every thread that he can grab onto to not have to answer for these things. But look, nobody is ignoring the good work that is happening. Nobody drags Jason right through the mud for this stuff. Nobody drags Ron Rivera through the mud for this stuff. It's Dan Snyder. And and in some ways by, by, you know, association, Tanya Snyder, because if she's a co-owner, co-CEO as far as I'm concerned you're just as responsible for the organization whether you know it's your husband's day-to-day operation or not that's that's just how this whole relationship works now what's not going to happen is the Washington Post Locked On Commanders podcast John Kime Ben Standing anybody nobody's gonna come out here and say it is Tuesday July 5th and today no Washington Commanders employee accused Dan Snyder of wrongdoing more at six like that's just it's not gonna happen okay like you want the, the team is not nobody's ignoring the remarkable transformation to the organization. In fact, when people talk about this team being put on the right track, credit is given to who? Jason Wright and Ron Rivera. That's who the credit 
is deserve to be put upon. You don't get credit because you got caught doing wrong, and then you decided to put this whole thing back on a right path to try to cover it up. And, and to me, it makes it more clear now, more than ever, what Dan's intentions are. Dan is trying to pile up a bunch of B pluses and A's and A minuses and all this stuff in the public eye so that as these F's keep coming to the surface, he can point to some of these A's and these B's. But here's the thing. Nobody cares about those because there are very real victims involved in some of these accusations that you've done in violating people's privacy, violating people's personal safety, personal spaces, their, their, their independence, all of these things, and just in just an ethical. And then you have the toxic workplace environment. Like these accusations go well beyond just a boo-boo or a snag here or there. You're talking about very, very serious accusations against very real people. Those people exist. Those people still exist to this day, whether they work for the organization or not. So I'm happy if the current employees of the Washington Panthers franchise have a healthy work environment. Certainly hope that they do, and I'm certainly happy that they do if they, in fact, do. But the ones who didn't still deserve accountability. And that's what this is about. So all the good deeds can be done moving forward, and that's great. But all the bad deeds that happened already need to be accounted for. And until Dan Snyder accounts for them in his way, it's not going to happen. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away anytime soon. And quite honestly, it shouldn't. And they cited constant and baseless attacks. Constant, they might be right about. Attacks and baseless I don't think so. There's a lot more that we could add. We'll certainly sprinkle it in. I mean, maybe constant from the Washington Post, but Chris, we wouldn't be talking about this right now if Dan Snyder didn't release his statement. It, well, so it, I mean, you know, exactly. again, we're 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 receiving information and reacting to it because again, that's our. I know we're already getting comments of people say they don't care and they don't want to hear. And I understand that, but our job is to cover this franchise, this organization, from a holistic view and the owners' actions and behaviors and the unresolved issues from those behaviors and those actions is part of this organization. So that's part of the holistic coverage of this team that we have to provide. Absolutely. And if you're going to take shots at people, you know, you probably should take shots directly at people by name. Jeff Bezos, you got a problem with, you know, he owns the Washington Post, take a shot at him, Sally Jenkins, so on and so forth. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to come out with a statement like this, come out and, and, and just be totally transparent. But Dan wasn't, he took a couple of shots uh, at some unnamed people. All right. Coming up next, we will discuss the Washington Commanders front seven. Where does it rank? We'll have the maybe surprising answer for you. But first, we tell you our friends at Rock Auto and rockauto.com are the place to be, the place to go, the place to shop for all of your auto parts needs, whether it be for a car, truck, foreign, domestic, new, old, vanity, or major, like a fuel pump or water pump or whatever you might need at whatever cost level. RockAuto.com is going to save you money and they're going to save you the harassment, if you will, in a different sort of way uh, than what we normally talk about on this show. The harassment of going to a big auto parts superstore or a factory auto part dealership and having to pay top dollar and having to get run around because you're not their buddy, Lenny, the mechanic down the street who buys in bulk and buys in volume. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. So if you're a little bit handy and you want a great experience and you want auto parts, 
for your car or truck at a good price, you go to rockauto.com. That's rockauto.com. When you go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on. And how did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Final segment here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We get away from that noise and get on to a little bit of a different noise, Chris, and that is the 33rd team, uh, which we've covered some of their lists and their tier rankings here extensively on the Locked On Commanders podcast, ranking this time the best front sevens on uh, NFL defenses and the Washington Commanders got a lot of tiers in this thing tiers one i think there's seven tiers which means they they kind of go through really diversify how they break these down and I, and I really like them you know they've got the elite tier tier one that kind of does you know everything they pass they, they get after the passer they stop the run they get turnovers they they make big plays they do a little bit of everything tier two guys who do that but a little bit on a level on a little bit of a lower basis and then tier three which is uh, what they're deeming chris one-dimensional units teams that are team units front seven right that either stop the run really well or they rush the passer really well or they give a whole yards both, but they also get turnovers to stop drives or they're just able to stop the ball through the air over the other. So the Eagles, Titans, and Commanders listed on this tier, in this tier, tier three, because they really struggled according to the 33rd team and statistics and uh, our, our, six, our, our, six, our eight sets of eyes uh, between the two of us. They really did well. Uh, against the run, but they had a lot of problems creating pressure against the quarterback and also getting timely turnovers. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, Bengals, and Steelers also joined Tier 3 because they're really good at creating sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback, but they can't stop anybody on the ground. So what do you think about the Washington Commanders being in this Tier 3? Well, a couple of things. First, do we know that they stopped the run you know, well because they were really good at it? Uh, I think it was eighth in the NFL or because they were really bad at stopping the pass and teams chose to pass more and had more success in that way. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like an either or chicken or the egg type situation. I, I mean, I'll give them credit. They were good statistically stopping the run. They were not, again, good in any way, shape or form stopping the pass. And part of that was, again, Teams chose to do that more, and as the 33rd team notes, and as we've talked about, they did struggle to consistently generate a pass rush. So when they list them at the top of Tier 3, David, I kind of that's kind of where I expected them. Uh, quite honestly, in, in year one of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, they struggled to stop the run, and they were good at getting after the quarterback for the most part, especially in that second half when Chase Young really cranked it up. So it's been a little bit of this and a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Uh, but here's the thing that I would ask no. you, like for all of the investment of talent, first round pick after first round pick, four years in a row, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, four years in a row. Wouldn't you yeah. expect more than just the top of tier three? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and you consider, I think there's six total first round picks 
on the starting defense right now. Like you, yeah. you absolutely expect to get more out of that kind of investment. Now, granted, like you know, William Jackson III, not drafted by Washington, but right. he is a first round pick on your defense, and you obviously paid him pretty good money. Uh, to your point, Washington Commanders uh, last season ninth ninth in the NFL in rushing yards per play per carry allowed. Uh, so they were good per carry as well. But you know, to your to your point, and this is why stat scouting is is such a dangerous practice. Uh, how many of those runs were, uh, you know, burning the clock and, and obviously they're going to run the ball so we can stack the box. Like there's there's little nuances to all stats that you can take away from it. But, you know, to me, just from watching the team, it did. It looked like they were better against the run than the past for a lot of obvious reasons. A lot of those reasons come down to communication. And I am happy to report that so far it's very early and, and the competition isn't live. So we still have to see a lot, lot more. But early on anyway, it does look like the communication on the back end of the defense from the middle Cole Holcomb getting the defensive line set, getting the secondary set, and the secondary's uh, uh, discussions between themselves seem to be fairly effective. And any deep balls or even intermediate, you know, open, you know, middle parts of the field, you usually have a Washington defender in the area, even if the pass is is going to be completed. So if, take that for what it's worth. Huge grain of salt. I haven't seen them in pageant. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's the best we can give you right now. But I'm not surprised to see them in Tier 3. But, yeah, you need to see them uh, higher than that. Tier 2, Tier 1 is where this team... Uh, this defense is expected to be. You go to the expectation from last season, and if those expectations are met, that's where they are this year. So once again, those expectations, it's its not even so much now an expectation. It's more so of a, are you actually going to deliver on your potential, or are we going to start talking about it's getting near time for this whole thing to be redone and dismantled? Will it gel together? That is going to be a big question that we are asking as we head towards training camp. Good stuff there. All right, more polls, rankings, lists, and all sorts of fun things before we actually get the pads on in late July in Ashburn, Virginia. We want to thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Come on back for the next episode. David and I will have you covered on anything uh, breaking, of course, on the Dan Snyder front and reaction to what Terry McLaurin had to say on Wednesday. Now make your second listen of the uh, the Locked On NFL podcast uh, and view our NFL experts and insiders. Keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from all around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. And that is certainly true for the commanders. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. You want to hop in 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line or Locked On Washington Commanders at Gmail. That's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders, PressEye.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, the Russell Event Her Show on the Team 980. We are free and available on all platforms. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.